You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is here. The moment is upon us once again. It's time for another Sixer season. And with that, it is the first Out of Sight podcast before, well, it's the first podcast for the season starting. I am your host, Adil Royster, chill ride, chill vibes as always. Actually, very chill because it's like 50 degrees at the time of this recording. But it's hot. It's hot. The streets are hot. Uh, Ben Simmons has returned. Uh, The Sixers play the Pelicans this week to uh, kick off their season. And with Ben Simmons back in the fold, I couldn't think of a colleague of mine that wouldn't provide more hilarious, hilarious takes than Mr. Steve Littman. Uh, You've seen him on Twitter. You know his stances on Ben Simmons. So, you know what? Why not bring Steve in on the podcast today and kind of pick his brain, have some jokes, have a good time. Steve, how you doing? Hey, buddy, I'm good. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's always good to be back on the podcast. Are, are you good? Are you really? <laughs> you know, um, it's a real day by day thing. Um, it's, uh, you know, Sims is back at practice. He looks like a prisoner of war. Uh, the vibes are great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's sort of a nightmare for I think all involved. But uh, this is, you know, it's the Sixers. It wouldn't be uh, anything less than uh, absolutely insane at all possible times. Okay, so for forgive the analogy, everybody out there, and all the all the trigger warnings. But I, I feel like you personally, I, I feel like this whole thing with Simmons has you in the similar feelings of like an abused. Uh, partner or something (laughs) i feel like that's where you are with this and again i apologize for the analogy but it's it's probably the most poignant one when it comes to steve and one benjamin simmons well you know like the the person i agree with most in this whole process is ben because we both want him off the sixers and like (laughs) the sixers are not letting him not play for the sixers so uh (laughs) Thank God for this stance of his, because it's going to, in some way, uh, expedite his exit. You know, I was I was done after the playoffs, you know, I mean. And it was just another year that he got better at nothing uh, on offense. And and I think that it's pretty much inexcusable. Um, and then, you know, he and his camp were saying, listen, we know what the fines are. He's never going to play for them again. Like he will not report uh, he's a rich guy. He, he's not worried about the money. And then he gets fined twice and he's like, all right, fine. I'll show up. Like, you know, Daryl seems to have a real uh, tolerance for uh, discomfort. And uh, I think that, you know, he from a value perspective, 
Yeah, and and from a team building perspective, uh, when you zoom out, it is good that Daryl did not let a player with this many years on his contract left um, force his way out for an unsatisfactory offer, uh, as there are not currently stars available. Um, two weeks from now, it might be very different because hope springs eternal with uh, you know uh, the the start of the season. So I, I do understand from a, a value perspective that. Not trading Ben uh, yet is a smart move, um, but also I have a life to live, and I need <laughs> to live that life uh, happily and in comfort. And I, I would just, you know, so idea. Do you think he's going to play? Because I, I think that he certainly doesn't want to play. But I don't know if there is a way for him to not get fined and also not play. Like, I, you know, because because the reports lately have been it's still unclear whether or not he's going to play. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday morning and, uh, Ben is going to talk to the media today. I, I imagine that's when we'll get our definitive answer. Oh, that's going to um, be must watch television. Oh, it'll go great. It'll be a really, it'll be absolutely about the cell phone in his pocket, which may I they say wasn't a cell phone. Just, just every new wrinkle to this story is better than the last, but do you think he's going to play? And what do you think it's going to be like if, and when he plays? Okay. Um, so as, as Steve mentioned, his status for Wednesday's game against the Pelicans is unclear. We'll find out later. Um, that's an interesting question because I think that he will at least suit up just so he can get the game check. But as far as play, and I want to reference Jackson's piece on the whole Ben Simmons returning to practice thing, uh, the fact that Doc said that he's not quite in game shape leads me to believe that mm-hmm. if, he, if he does play, it'll be like limited, maybe like 15, 20 minutes at the most. Just so like he'll he'll get the game check. But outside of that, like, I don't really see much of anything else. So short answer. Yes, but not long. So and and let's say forget this week since he just got there on whatever Saturday or he had the clear protocols. Like let's say we forget, forget this week and let's start with next week. Okay. You know, after they get back from Oklahoma city, like, you know, you basically think that he reported to play until the trade happens. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's a way for them to avoid the fines without doing, it seems like the reason to report is because you feel like you're forced to show up and play. Um, you know, until you get your way. And, and, and also, I, I think that there's probably uh, a, a fairly significant part of Clutch that understands that he can make things more uncomfortable in person right? Um, than he can just completely out of sight, out of mind. Optimistically, this is just all the, all the hope springing eternal. Uh, he plays the home opener Friday against Brooklyn. That's that, uh, that's idea. me being incredibly optimistic. Really? We're from Philadelphia. <laughs> what do you think that will be like uh, if he well, plays on Friday against Brooklyn at home? Like, like, what do you think? Here's the other. Here's the other thing. This is the other. This is the other game that I thought about, which would be absolutely hilarious. Um, he has like 15 to 20 minute games up until up until the Sixers play the Hawks 
at home on Saturday, <laughs> October 30th. That would be the one for pure comedy purposes where he plays like 30 minutes and it's just everything comes back full circle. That would just be the most hilarious thing ever. You know, like I, I said, I think yesterday uh, in our Slack that I know that Daryl seems immune to this sort of like caring at all about the chemistry or, or atmosphere around the team in a situation like this. And again, from a value and team building perspective, I think that's what you want your GM to have. But it can't be a good thing for the team's point guard to be getting booed like absolutely mercilessly at yeah. home every chance they get like how are they going to react to that like that's a bad situation you know and and uh, you know I, i'm sure that they everyone involved knows that that's coming um that is part of the atmosphere that clutch and ben have created with every single leak that they've put out there since the season ended so um i i don't know what uh you know what the reaction will be for the team because there's there'll certainly be cheering the team and the game against Brooklyn uh, in specific will be a big game that fans will want to leave with a win but right. there's no way that that you know the reaction toward Ben won't be that uh, at least in the vast vast majority. Now I, I ask you to do this a lot and it always puts you in the most uncomfortable places. Uh, I, I want you to I, <laughs> I, I want you to put yourself in the shoes as the Sixers general manager right now. Like you don't have to be Daryl Moore because you know what you don't you don't need that pressure. This is Steve Littman, general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. Are you holding out Ben Simmons for every home game until he's traded? Man, I mean, no, I don't. I you know I think if he's playing, he has to just play. Okay. You know, I, I think that that. Uh, First of all, that's sort that start and stop with a with a player as important on the court as him. Yeah, would just be like uh, bad for the team, and just to be openly ducking the home fans, uh, I think is just would create an even worse atmosphere somehow. Not great um, optics. Yeah. So no, I think if he's playing, you you have to play him and deal with what it means when he's playing. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a really tough situation. As far as the players go, when he returned, everybody seemed like really like nonplussed about the whole situation. Um, Doc Rivers is just like, I, I don't know. We're, we're just going to wait and see with everything. We're, we're just trying to yeah. get him back comfortable and integrated when he's ready to play. He'll play. Uh, Furcon said it was cool to have his teammate back on the floor and that he looked great despite, you know, Doc's hesitance about his shape. I want to comment on something that Tobias said, which I think just summed it up perfectly. He's like, this is not middle school, seventh grade, eighth grade. Oh, you did this to me. You did this. No. As soon as we step <laughs> on the floor, it's just basketball. Honestly, that's the way it should be. Tobias, I love you. That's the way it should be. But that's not how we operate in this town. <laughs> right. And it's not how human beings can operate all the time. You know, I, I do think that they have largely done a good job of on one hand sort of towing the party line and nobody saying anything wild about Ben since Joel really got some stuff off his chest. And Thank I, and God I'm for that. Can you I'm imagine wondering, can you imagine um, if like someone, can you imagine if one of the players came out and was just like, yeah, it's nice to have him back, but you know what? 
we we haven't fully embraced them yet. I oh my god, the the yeah, S store. You don't benefit at all from that. They're all going to no. lie, and they should lie. You know that's <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Um, I do want you know it's been a while now since Joel has had uh, press availability, so I am curious to see how he you know reacts uh, with everything going on. It, you know, just from the videos that we've gotten out of practice yesterday, Ben doesn't look like I didn't see him even talking to anyone uh, at the huddle. He was, you know, not participating and then walked off before anyone else. Like, you know, what I what didn't happen is that Ben showed up and said, I no longer want to trade like Ben showed up because he has to show up yep. to make money and he still wants to trade. So that's a hard position to put guys in. Um you know, I just think back to James Harden last year. Now, James Harden uh, is a more, I think, combustible personality and, and was acting out in an aggressive manner more than Simmons is or would. But there came a point, I think it was whatever, nine or 10 games into that season, that even guys like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins were fed up and were like, all right, this is like, we need something to change because this guy is here and doesn't want to be here. And he's making it very known. And the Sixers have a, you know, their best player is here and wants to be here. So that's like a big deal. You know, Harden was the unquestioned best player on that roster. And even still then there were dissenters. So I do wonder what that dynamic is going to be like. Um, I, I have no idea. You know, Ben has been, prickly with the media for years and years, you know, mm -hmm. if ever somebody suggested that he should, should shoot or if, you know, he, he hasn't had the most sort of uh, buddy, buddy relationship with the media as it is. And then, you know, Howard Eskin got up at like 5 a.m. today and he's, he's working out in the gym and he's getting ready. Um, he's going to fly off the handle. He's going to oh absolutely God. fly off the handle. His first question. So I, I mean, it's terrifying. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I don't know what that's going to be like. Um, I'm sure that, he has been Ben has been coached in some way by clutch for what exactly his angle is here. Um, but again, I, I think the thing that we'll find out, I don't think that he's going to play Wednesday night, regardless, just because he just got here. I don't think so. Either. Um, I think what we will find out in his press is if he is actually going to play games for the Sixers. Um, but we'll see. That's kind of what worries me as well. When you bring up what happened with Harden and the Rockets, the fact that like, Chemistry kind chemistry really matters as much as we as much as people want to say it's like it's a non-starter or it's something that you can't measure. It's not something that shows up in the box score. The the this it still matters. Like I'm sorry, but it does. And if Simmons is out here very like casual, very nonchalant, very seemingly uncaring, mm -hmm. and the Sixers start off incredibly slow, like they're prone to do sometimes. Um there's going to be a lot of lashing out. Do you agree? Yeah. No. When they hit sort of a road bump and they lose three straight or they, you know, however it happens, I do think it's going to be harder for the team to ignore the elephant in the room, which is that, you know, the team's second best player actively wants to be traded and, and is playing for a team he doesn't want to play for. You know, like Ben sure as hell doesn't want to risk getting injured on this team he doesn't want to play for. Uh, you know, before getting to his ultimate destination. So, uh, yes, I think you bring up a good point. Uh, chemistry also was extremely strong for the Sixers last year. And 
in the regular season, the Sixers were more than the sum of their parts. And that is a testament to Doc and also to the guys who played well. And of course, Joel's MVP level season. Um, but they had the most wins in the East last year. And a lot of that had to do with how well the team gelled. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's an insignificant part um, of, of basketball and, and of NBA basketball. So, you know, again, the games haven't even started yet. Um, wins and losses haven't started. Um, but we're just going to have to see what that ends up like if he starts playing and, and what kind of effort he's giving out there. Um, it's all it's all very uh, – it's it feels like uncharted territory for a guy with this young with this many years left to be doing this so you know we'll see uh so we we did our uh staff predictions uh which we're gonna dive way into uh in the second half of this podcast but i did want to mention something that uh dave said about the whole situation one of the questions was when and how will the ben simmons saga end will he ever step on the court again for the sixers Dave Early, lots of rumors and discussion, but Ben finishes the year as a sixer and Daryl sticks to his pie charts, clearly demonstrating that the team's best chance was still was and still is adding a third star to Ben and Joel, not replacing one of them. Um, I, I will be. <laughs> if, I'm telling you right now, I, you will never hear from me again. I will be. I you would be like, do you remember that guy who used to write for Liberty Ballers? He, like, yeah, what he's the hell at, like, what ha- what yeah, the hell happened at, to Steve? He's at, he's at this place in Fairmount. It's like there's <laughs> it's hard to get in there. You have to call a week ahead. It's like, no, that will be me. I will be gone. <laughs> no, no, you're you're not that guy. Like you will roam <laughs> the earth. You will wander the earth aimlessly looking for the meaning of life before you walking dead. Yes, I will be a zombie. <laughs> uh, uh, I, you know, I, I have no idea how the Sixers could get a third star. Um, I, you know, Dave's a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. I don't know, first of all, how to keep a player on the team who, like, desperately wants to be off the team for a full year. But I do think, like, Daryl is not trading him until we can get a star for him, um, unless things get really, really untenably bad. Um, cause he's held him for this long. And maybe part of that thinking, I think Dan brought it up on gastro the other day, maybe part of that thinking is that, you know, these offers that are on the table from Minnesota or Cleveland or San Antonio or uh, San Antonio or whomever, those will be there in two months, no matter what, yep. you know, like these offers, uh, are okay and do not have stars. And, you know, these teams will do those trades no matter what later on. Yeah. That uh, Malcolm, they're that... holding. That Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, that'll be there in December. Like, relax. Well, that one actually is the one that is gone because Brogdon just signed yesterday. So he can't be traded for a year. Um, oh, well. Ask, so well, Indiana would probably have to pull in, pull in a new team. Um, but, you know, what Daryl is is gambling on and is banking on is a 3-13 and 13 start from Portland or from Washington. Yeah. Um, so, you know, time will tell, you know, we'll see, you know, again, the rumors around Dame were so heavy during the summer. Yeah. Um, and then they just went away. And a lot of people think that, you know, when Henry Abbott broke that Dame is going to request a trade in the next few days, that that leaking made Dame not want to go through with it, that that scared him off enough to make him start the year with the team even though, you know, he was saying into microphones that the team isn't good enough and that the team needs to get better and that, you know, uh, so, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll just be content there and they'll um, be decent. You know, I think it's most likely that they're a decent team 
Um, but a, a bad a bad slump from them could definitely lead uh, to a request because I don't think that all of those all of that smoke was unfounded. I really no don't. no 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 never never when there's when there's smoke around situations like that like inevitably something really steps up and happens like I truly believe right. that because it because we haven't had a case where there is all the smoke and no fire like we have not had that right. Um, And, and, you know, Dame was saying, you know, he has a close relationship with Chris Haynes and Dame was saying to him, you know, about how many times he's tried with Portland and it just hasn't worked and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it it hasn't just been from like reporters we've never heard of who are sort of uh, just theorizing on Twitter. It's been very sourced and like uh, reputable reporters going with this stuff. (laughs) Uh, Dan probably uh shares your sentiment on the whole thing and it's like i'm still hoping out hope he gets traded midseason and never plays a game for the sixers again uh i i feel like i had the most uh relevant answer as opposed to, as it pertains to like your mental health and i was just like yeah this is this is going to be done in like 15 to 20 games once he gets his trade value asserted like we're not gonna have to wait until the trade deadline anything like that as soon as he gets like 15, 20 games in and shows what he can still do, like he's gone. Forget it. I think you're probably right. I think that the the person most right is probably you. Thank you. In terms of, you know, he's going to play games um, for the Sixers because that's probably the reason that he's back. Um, and that, you know, sooner rather than later, after a few weeks of the season or a month of the season, they'll find a trade that that works for them. Um, especially once, you know, the bloom is off the rose a little bit with some of these teams that are so optimistic right now at the beginning of the year. Um, you're, you're probably closest to, to write on this one. Um, you know, whereas yes, Dan and my hope would just be like one of those situations like Houston has with John Wall right now. Where yeah. They just say, you know what, we get it. You don't want to be here. We'll look for a trade, stay away. You know, like you don't have to play, you know, in other words, like, both sides are coming to an agreement to find a new destination. Daryl's not trying to do that with a player with all these years left, you know, at 25. So, um, yeah, that, that I think that you probably have it nailed on the head there. I will say this, however, I will say this. If the trade is for Zach Levine, um, we're, we're just going to be switching roles. You're going to be very happy going to Sixers <laughs> games. Meanwhile, I will be walking the earth aimlessly looking for the meaning of life. I think you're safe there. <laughs> I think that uh, I think um, Zach Levine, at least for half a season, you know, they're going to try this new core over there. Things would have to go super, super badly for them to move off of him, uh, you know, even by the trade deadline. You know, it, now he is in the last year of his deal um, and they have not struck an extension yet, but. I think that a lot of these moves they made in the offseason was a show of good faith to him that they want to try to win. And I think that they're actually going to be pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't foresee a Levine trade, uh, even though personally I'm down. <laughs> I, I know you are. I know Tom West is. I know half of the staff is. But, you know, <laughs> I, I hold firm on my position that I don't I don't I don't believe in I don't believe in the one year where uh somebody has increases in offense across the board i don't i don't i don't agree with it i i don't like it it's it's a giant red flag for me 
you know, we've all got our corners, you know, we've all got the, our takes that we're just willing to die for. And I, I commend you on yours. This is the I one that I'm, this is the one that I'm hanging out on. This is the one. Exactly. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break real quick, pay some bills. And then we are going to dive much deeper into this, uh, season preview round table that is also on Liberty Ballers. So back in a second. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Okay, we are back in the building or on the podcast with uh, Steve. Steve is still here. Uh, he, he has not started his trek across the country uh, searching for meaning uh, yet. Um, but we'll see as the months continue. Uh, we did our annual season predictions uh, column this well you did it and then we just kind of like all contributed uh and this is where right off the bat okay i read your responses as far as like where you're at emotionally heading into the season and here i am i'm i'm, I'm your flavor flame i'm hyping you up okay because because <laughs> you said you're super excited about the young guys but you're, you also have that sour taste in your mouth because of Simmons, which I understand. Um, so you're just you're you're just kind of in limbo where I am. So like here I am, flavor flav to your Chuck D, and I'm just hyping you up. Like <laughs> let's go. The Sixers are still going to be one of the top three teams in the East. I don't believe in what Miami has put together. I think Atlanta is a year away from that big standings boost, and I got to say because the Sixers have the third best player in the Eastern conference. I still feel like the Sixers are going to be no, no worse than third in the East. I, I really have no disagreement there. You know, I think that somewhere between third and third and fourth is, is fair. And no, but and I agree with you. Like, I, <laughs> I get excited every year. I talk myself into every single Sixers team, which includes the ones that were like, definitely, definitely bad. You know, where Andre Miller was the best player. I talk myself into those too. Um, oh, did it's you just do this that? Giant, I don't know. It was a dark time. Uh, it's just this giant shoe to drop that, that we're all sort of waiting for uh, that, that is sucking a lot of the energy and optimism out of, out of me and, and my enjoyment of the team, but I adore Joel. He looks great. Um, and I'm sure that he is like dead set to repeat that performance from last year. I'm excited to see Maxi in a bigger role. Um, Tobias, every offseason, I fall in love with Tobias again. And then every playoffs, I fall out of love with him. So I, I really like him to keep that up all throughout the playoffs. Um, and, and the, you know, the other guys on the team, Matisse will take another step. I, you know, there's tons of reasons to be excited. And I think that the team will absolutely be very good regardless. Um, I just wish that we knew who would like the final roster was, you know, not that any roster is necessarily final right now, but that the core of the team was sort of solidified so that we could just go all in on these guys. Whereas now it's like, well, what's Portland's record? What's Washington's record? You know, yeah. like all, all of that that we have to sort of do in the meantime makes it harder to uh, completely 
you know, be as excited as I'd like to be. That's always the thing about the Sixers, isn't it? It's it's always there's tempered expectations, but at the same time, damn, we're excited for one thing or another. Uh Joel stepping on the court for the first time. And like now this year, for for example, you know, Maxi, Isaiah Joe, Matisse, all these young guys coming in. Like, I'm incredibly excited for this season. I can't understand. I can't explain it. Maybe it's just my uh, PTSD of being a Sixers fan for the last decade and more like i i don't know what it is i'm a sucker for this team i don't know what it is yeah i think it's joel it know, is like for me for me he's you know easily my favorite athlete of all time uh he is just everything that that the city had hoped for and i do think uh that in a real way the championship window exists as long as he's on the sixers so yes. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't go all the way out on the team because he's on the team and he, they will always have a chance when he's on the team. So, uh, yeah. And, and and just even from a night to night standpoint, you know, watching him is reason enough to be interested and be excited about this team. And this is the thing with Embiid and what you said about the championship window. It's always open because he's on the team, because how long have we yearned and waited to have that type of player on our team that yeah. other stars want to play with. Yes. And by the way, this reason that we're talking about is the reason that Daryl has not traded Ben yet. Like he is being as careful as possible and he is being as like uncompromising as possible because he knows that he needs to capitalize on Joel's prime and that he can't just sort of take a 20 cents on the dollar trade. Yes. Um, so a- as much as it might uh, help, especially me in the short term, feel better about the team if they just trade him and do what I would call like a step trade where you trade him for young guys, contracts and picks that you can then package later. Daryl doesn't feel comfortable with that because you never know when later is. And he'd rather just hold on to this guy with all these years left until the guy, you know, who can really be Joel's running mate comes available. Um, and, and I think that he knows how special a talent Joel is and how, you know, important it is for him to surround him with, with a true star player next to him. So, uh, cause that's what they need. You know, they need Joel to have like a, a real high level running mate. Um, I, so, so we'll see, you know, it seems like there's somebody new every year that we're not even talking about. You know, we mentioned like, in passing uh, Lillard or Beal and, and a little bit of Levine, like, you know, there, there seems to be always somebody new. Um, and I think that's what Daryl is banking on. And, and I get it. Dame, you love Portland. I would love Portland too. If I listen, if I live there and just eating all of the voodoo donuts, like that's fine. I understand <laughs> it. Bradley, I understand it. You're down there in Washington and the, the, the culture of DC and being in the, being near all the political limelight. It's great. I understand all of that, but listen, Joel Embiid is the kind of player that is like the perfect running mate for you too, because yeah. game has never had that. Neither of them have had any kind of all-star caliber big where they draw some double teams and wait, there's all of this space and opportunity to run over. Sweet. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, Joel and Dame would be just an insanely unstoppable. 
you know, unstoppable pairing, you know, and, and Dame, everybody seems to love him. He seems like a culture setting type of player in person. Um, he's certainly the guy the Sixers want, you know, there's been a lot of reporting from our uh, local guys about that. Um, so, you know, and I think part of it is, is, is exactly that, is that now wh- here's one thing I wrote. I wonder is how okay. much Intel Daryl has on Dame's feelings about Philadelphia. Should he want out at some time relatively soon? Because what we see time and time again, is that these a one type stars have a list and they go to someplace on that list. You know, teams mm. almost never will. Now the Kawhi Leonard situation, Toronto wasn't on his list, but they left in a real acrimonious situation. You know, he hadn't played for them for a long time. He had this sort of nebulous injury and he was mad at the team. Uh, Jimmy Butler, of course, was like, you know, lighting the practice facility on fire. He will <laughs> leave on good terms with Portland and they'll, they'll retire his number. He's going to be a legend there forever. So right. He, the Sixers have to be on his list for the Sixers to trade for him. So we're just going to see. We'll see uh, how that evolves. But uh, I, I will be, as often as I check the Sixers score, I will be checking Portland's score <laughs> for sure. Uh, there, there was one question in the roundtable that we did that I, I found a, a little bit triggering at, in my response. Uh, will a visiting Ben Simmons clank two free throws <laughs> during the second half of a game this season, thus granting free frosties and parade down past young for all in attendance. Uh, Steve, you're a monster for that question. People <laughs> will lose it. Uh, just absolute pandemonium. Can you, I mean, these people go nuts. If Isaac Bonga is, is missing two free throws in the second half so they can get frosties. If it's Ben back on another team, they're going to like, absolutely. Um, they have to grease the poles again. All right. All right. Steve, Steve is choosing violence. So I'm just going to move on. Uh, we all agree that. Isaiah Joe is going to take Shake's spot in the rotation. That was another question. And I cannot, I cannot wait for that to happen. I love Shake, but I just think that Isaiah Joe is better in all of the, well, marginally better at all the areas that Shake is good at, with the exception of ball handling. Yeah, I mean, you know, now Shake has an ankle injury and Doc said he's not even close to playing. So, you know, this is a the decision has been made for him, you know, at this point that I, that Joe will have those minutes and he really, you know, can have a stranglehold on those minutes if he continues to play as well as he did or even close to as well as he did in the preseason. Yep. The season is long and I would be surprised if Shake didn't get another crack at it eventually just because guys get hurt, guys take games off, you know, Shake will have another chance here. Um, to play some more minutes, and and I would I would buy low here on on Shake because I do believe that he can find it again because he he really the best version of him was really helpful to this team, but right now there's no doubt about it that Isaiah Joe has has earned that spot. I, I found this interesting in the roundtable, and it was the question about who's most likely to bear the brunt of the fan frustration this season. Uh, two people or more said Danny Green. And I thought that was interesting because it's yeah, go ahead. I, I, I found it interesting because I don't really feel that like Danny Green is the type of player where it's just like he's somebody that's incredibly relied on. You know what I mean? Like Danny Green to me on this team is like anything I get from him is gravy. And if I don't get that, then I'm like, 
all right, cool. That's fine. Am I getting it from Seth Curry? Am I getting it from Furcon? That's fine. Mm-hmm. If if I get the uh, the old man at the YMCA defense from Danny Green and like a couple threes every night, like that's fine. That's where I am with him. It's the uh, Covington thing where ah. he's a, you know, streaky shooter sort of thing. And he basically does one thing. And, and that one thing, if you do it well, 40% of the time, you're an elite player at it. So the other 60% of the time, it's easy for fans to be annoyed at you. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's just that sort of streaky shooter um, only shoots threes basically um, and, and would, will of course take some shots in, in the guts of the game when they need them. Um, so I think that, you know, fans can sort of vacillate there. I, you know, the other responses we have, I think say Tobias because of his, uh, I think you said Tobias because of the price tag on his contract. And I think yeah. it's totally fair. And, and a couple of people pointed out that the Ben Simmons situation definitely uh, distracted from another playoff disappointment from him in the Atlanta series as he was not good in the Atlanta series either. So um, fans definitely will have an eye on Tobias and, you know, he had a great regular season last year. Um, he was nearly 50, 40, 90 uh, and they need that from him again. And then come the spring, it'll be important for him to continue that in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I thought Dan, your, your gastro colleague, I thought his, uh, I thought his response was amazing uh he just said andre drummond because if ben simmons plays poorly ben people are just gonna blame drummond he can't help it he can't help but like send a stray at ben you know even on questions not about this, this question was explicitly non-simmons uh but you know i i i Love Dan and I respect his, his keeping up the fight. <laughs> uh, what player on the Sixers will not be on the team? Uh, which player currently not on the Sixers will be on the team on March 1st? Uh, almost everybody said Damian Lillard, with the exception of Emily, who just threw Keldon Johnson out there. Love yeah. it. I love you, Emily. Never change, Emily. Never, never, <laughs> never, never. It's a great wild card answer. <laughs> um. Kyrie Irving. Okay, Dave is out here choosing violence, y'all. Like, no, yeah. no, absolutely Dave, not. Well, Dave said a, a Kyrie for Tobias uh, and Matisse trade, which I, you know, I the Kyrie thing is so. It's I mean, that, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know a, what that's what a, anybody does with that's Kyrie. a podcast for Nets no Daily, not for us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, good luck with that. I don't. I mean, he is. It certainly seems like he is going to back up what he's saying, that he's never getting the vaccine. And I just think that will make things increasingly harder for him all around the league, because who knows how many more cities and states are going to mandate the vaccine. And and it'll just continue to narrow his his options. But we'll see. I mean, from a basketball perspective, you know, the Nets being minus Kyrie is helpful for the Sixers. And uh, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what will happen there? That's a whole other. I, I have a, I have a weird uh, thought that Kyrie somehow is going to make he's going to get to Dallas somehow because because Texas doesn't have those vaccine mandates. So no, and they're not they're not going to <laughs> if I feel I, I feel like if Kyrie really wants to have the stance, he needs to go to a team in either Texas or Florida. Orlando is not going to do anything. Miami has right. their team. They're locked up. Houston's right. rebuilding, San Antonio's rebuilding. Of Kyrie Luca pairing is kind of interesting, but as far yeah. as the, as far as how the contracts work, I I don't know. I don't I have I don't think that 
Brooklyn would want Porzingis, although Porzingis and Durant in the front court would be kind of nasty from a scoring perspective, not necessarily from a defense perspective. Yeah, and, and the the proposition for Brooklyn is basically, okay, you can have nothing, which is just your team minus Kyrie, or you just trade him for what you can get from for, for a team that wants him. Uh, and I think that's a that's a solid hypothetical idea. Like I wonder, you know, if if uh, Dallas is keen on that sort of thing. I'm not sure. Right, um, because but, with uh, with Luca would be a nice pairing with Luca and Kyrie in the backcourt. Just every every opposing backcourt is just going to go off offensively. That's true. That's true. But those guys would be you know just incredible engines of the team. Um, and yeah, I think that's a that's a definitely a fair hypothetical, especially given the way the playoffs happened last year with with Kristaps. So I don't think Dallas is totally locked in on him. Uh, which non Simmons Sixer is most likely to finish the season on another team? Uh, Dan couldn't say Sim- Simmons because it's it's in the it's in the question. It's a non Simmons yes. answer. Uh, half of us said Maxi just because he's going to be included in any Simmons deal for one of those A one stars. Right. Uh, you said Shake, and with the emergence of Isaiah Joe, that's that's. The name that I'm looking at, I know I said Maxi, but that's because, you know, if they go for that A1 star, Maxi has to be in the deal. But um, in which case, Shake would have minutes again on the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, Furcon was another answer that was given. That was given by Sean. And I thought that was really interesting because with the same as Shake, Isaiah Joe can be in the Shake role or he can be in the Furcon role. So we got some upside deals on for some young players that can be thrown into like fillers and Isaiah Joe can step right in. So I, this is interesting to me. And, and Furcon's on a really good contract. Daryl and the Sixers got Furcon on a three year, $15 million contract. And, you know, old friend Landry Shamit just got like three years, 43. So good God. Uh, Furcon is also a, uh, uh, you know, good value on his contract for what he can do. So, uh, yeah, I could definitely see if they need something at the deadline uh, with Isaiah Joe on his rookie deal and and seemingly capable of taking those sort of standstill shooter uh, minutes, even though I think he has more than that to his game. I think that Furkan is an option uh, if, if teams come calling uh, at the deadline. I, I agree with that, especially if it's a team that's, you know, I, I don't see anything like Furcon to uh, the Clippers for some like sea level play or something like that. But, you know, um, it's it's definitely something that's going to be talked about as the season goes on. If, like we said, Isaiah Joe is what he was in the preseason. Uh, Sixers, Sixers rank at the end of the regular season, a lot of third and fourth, uh, Dave just hates people. And he's, he's, he said fourth or fifth. I'm like, Dave, relax. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be middle of the pack. Just calm down. We'll be top three. Everything's fine. Um, Emily, the, the always optimistic Emily, uh, Eastern conference finals, as far as like how the season's going to end. God damn it. I can't I can't put myself there. I just I can't. Yeah, I can't right now until we figure out what the hell is going on with Simmons Um, right now with this roster. 
God damn it. I hate to say it again, but second round exit with this roster. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how you could you could project otherwise. If the roster is the exact same in the playoffs, why wouldn't they be undone by the exact same things that have been their undoing uh, in the past few years and most recently in this gigantic, you know, upset that they gave up to Atlanta? You know, it's like if nothing's meaningfully different on the team, why would you expect a different result? nothing's really meaningfully different yet unless your answer comes true and Joel Embiid exactly. and Damian Lillard lead the Sixers to the NBA finals. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then some, some creative over unders because I mean, we're all about fun on this website uh, over under 59 games played for Joel Embiid. We all said over um, some people went higher over than others. I personally was just like 60 to 62 um, yeah, that's. He, I think that's about it. Yeah. He's he's gonna want to play more because I feel like um, with Simmons and the uncertainty there is like far as like how how he's being integrated, how good he is, how much shape he's in. Like Joel is gonna want to go ham just so that the Sixers win games, and it's gonna be on Doc and Daryl to be like, "Yo, we're, we're playing Cleveland. Relax." <laughs> Right, right. And it'll be even harder for them to win the non-Joel games if Ben is either half trying or sitting out. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Come on, Andre Drummond. Let's go. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm 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 too I'm too hype over Andre Drummond. I may I may have purchased an Andre Drummond jersey in a drunken haze. I can't I can't confirm or deny that happened. We'll see. We'll see when the packages start rolling in. Uh, over under 40 games play for Paul Reed. I thought that was hilarious. I did a spit take when I read the question. So props to you for getting me to waste some coffee. Uh, <laughs> we all unfortunately, well, most of us said under uh, Emily and Sean said over. I just don't I just don't. Well, two things. One, I think Drummond's going to get a hell of a lot more run. And two, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of garbage time Paul opportunities that there were last year. There's mm-hmm. going to be way more close games this year. Yeah, I think he played in 26 games for the Sixers last year. Um, and, you know, in the non-Joel games, as, as it currently stands, he's going to have to play because they'll need a third center. Yep. Um, but if we put that number around 20, um, yeah, then you're just banking on garbage time games. Otherwise, unless Doc gets more creative in his rotations in the regular season, which I don't expect. It's not really Doc's forte. <laughs> uh, and then and then the last question of the of the roundtable, which was just absolutely fabulous. So chef's kiss to you on this one. Uh over under five near fights for the Sixers this season. And he even defined it. He even defined it, folks. Near fights are defined as instances wherein a shouting and or shoving match occurs between a member of the Sixers and a member of the opposing team. Myself, Jackson, Dan, Tyler, Seamus, Sean, Dave said under. You and Emily said over. And I feel like that's only because you want additional things to talk about on gastro <laughs> complete wishful thinking complete wi- i love these instances now dwight howard was good for maybe two a game now so him being gone is tough uh mike scott was about that action so he's oh. gone 
Mike Scott was about um, that action at the parking lot of an Eagles exactly. game. Do not try him. He is like, <laughs> that's, I forget who mentioned it. Maybe Emily mentioned it. I forget who. But somebody mentioned just making Mike Scott the Udonis Haslam of the Sixers and just giving oh. him a like, 15th roster spot just in case things get hairy. Uh, and I would love that. That Udonis, um, but, yeah, Udonis Haslam, James Johnson role. Right. Hell when yeah. You're looking, the, the contenders you have here, Joel pisses people off all the time uh, because he's so good and so brash and he'll get them to foul him and all of that kind of stuff. Yep. Who else is really, you know, like, because other than that, you know, Drummond will piss people off. Drummond Drummond's, got in. Drummond can in make a, people a little prickly. He got in like a little argument with, um, Durant during the Brooklyn game in the preseason. Oh yeah, uh, that would not have qualified, but it was a brief sort of dust up. Uh, B-ball Paul is definitely absolute like uh, chaos on the court. So oh, he's I a lot. See him getting involved, but they do have guys like Tobias and Matisse who are certainly not going to uh, be involved. So I think the the smart bet is probably under, but uh, wishful thinking wise, I, I went over, and I will you know keep track of these throughout the year. Of course you will. <laughs> uh, I I think the funniest would be if if Ferk mis- mixed it up a little bit and then goes into that's good. This is this is this is my ultimate like I I want this to happen and I will die a happy man if this happens. But Ferk mixes it up and then goes into the locker room, comes back onto the bench and he's wearing the Vader mask. Like that would just be fantastic. <laughs> just just that, just that that's right good. there. Just bury me now. <laughs> uh, Steve, always fun having you on the podcast. We have to schedule these more often during the season, especially if like Ben is still a sixer in like December and January. And if I have to call you like weeks in advance just to find out where on the earth you're wandering, that's fine. I'll (laughs) happily do that. That's fine. No problem. (laughs) Thank you for having me on, buddy. It was great talking to you. Always a pleasure. You can follow Steve Lippman on Twitter at Steve J. Lippman. Read the season predictions column up on Liberty Ballers right now. Sixers basketball, we're back on Wednesday against the Pelicans. Uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, we hope it's going to be fun. We, we hope that it's not entirely, entirely depressing because we, we need we need Steve. We love Steve. We, we love ha- we love having him around. And yeah, let's just. Let's just start strong and let's do something about this whole Ben Simmons thing because it's it's not good for my man's psyche. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, I'll talk, man. I'll talk to you soon, Steve. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today